Hey there, humans, and welcome to the Sinister Soup Podcast. Today, as we do every month, we will be interviewing an author to add a little bit of insight into the actual writing process and some of the books that we have the pleasure of reading to your listening pleasure. Today, we are interviewing Hannah Long. She goes by H.M. Long on her book, and we are talking about Hall of Smoke. How are you today, Hannah? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing well. Good. <laughs> so just to jump right in, Hannah, one of the biggest things while I've been reading this that has stuck in my mind is world building. I would love to know kind of what your process was for creating. You have a very like God heavy world. And I was just talking to Clayton about this, that it's kind of a cool breath of fresh air to get a story where the gods actually like come down and like mm. <laughs> talk to the people and are mad at them all the time and have like kind of their own petty squabbles. Like where did that come from and how did you start developing that? Well, I've always had a love for mythology in general. And uh, I was really, I was particularly fascinated with um, particular ancient deities that were very human in their attitudes and their desires and the way they related to each other and particularly the ones who are very petty in relating to human beings and the humans that served them and and those relationship dynamics that come out of it um, and also the concept of what it would be like to actually be an active worshiper of a god like that mm. and how that would affect your mentality and how you went <laughs> through life and your your fears and your hopes and what drives you so yeah it i just i always kind of had that in the back of my mind and and like you said, there's there's not a lot of uh, fantasy books where the gods are really on the page, like active participants. Mm -hmm. And I wanted that. I was like, no, I want to see this god's facial expression as they interact with my character. Yeah, I, I just wanted to see it happen. So <laughs> I love too that that created kind of a you're able to dislike the gods like as characters that's mm -hmm. one thing that's been like frustrating but in a good way to me like i love hessa but when sometimes when she talks to uh is it eon i might be pronouncing all of these wrong Ing. 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 <laughs> thank you sometimes when she speaks to Ing, i'm like i i don't like Ing. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like she's being really mean right now and for I legitimate reasons <laughs> yep yeah I love this guy of I worked I worked a few years on film sets and I love this idea of the gods because you'd be like an active worshiper of them it would be so much less like a like a reverent priest praying up to the sky like is often a priest or a cleric in fantasy stories mm -hmm. and so much more I feel like a scrambling PA like trying to <laughs> get the set ready for like the big name actor to show up Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> Athena's totally cool when it's just me and her, but you guys are a totally different dynamic. We need to make yeah. sure we're ready when she shows up here today, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, that's really funny to me. Mm -hmm. um, um, but I, I love that concept of like you said, being an active worshiper of like a god that's so temperamental and unpredictable and, and petty like a human, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's indicative of like the real the real world like the corporate setting and everything uh mm -hmm. did you draw from that at all for your character development not so much um i kind of just write the characters as they show up like i won't there might be a subconscious connection or something i'm drawing from but i will rarely know until after the fact um they just kind of arrive as they are and 
however they start speaking and acting is just who they are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a cool, really cool process. Uh, is that kind of how you've always written, like from when you first started? Yeah, I've, I've always very much been like in the writing community of pantser, someone pantser. who doesn't um, really plan ahead. That, that has changed now because I am working with books that are on contract and, you know, I have an editor involved, so I can't be as free spirit as, as I used to be. <laughs> yeah. But for, for the most part, I just let the stories develop as they go. Like, for instance, Hall of Smoke, when I sat down to write the book, all I had was this image of Hessa in the opening scene, kneeling in a field of poppies and no concept of where the book was going to go, what was going to happen. I just started writing the scene and it kind of carried off from there. Um, and in chapter two, I met, I walked into the hall of smoke with the reader at the same time and figured it all out. Speaking of kind of having to plan a little and being under contract, you have a, a, a new novel coming out and I'm, is it a sequel temple of no god or is it just kind of a novel set in the same world it's it's a sequel however it's a completely standalone book so you don't have to read hall of smoke in order to read temple of no god which is the title of the book um they are completely separate stories but it is about hessa it's 10 years later with the events of book one impact the world of book two yeah and then there's also it just announced last week um there will be two more books coming set within the same world as well oh, and they'll wow. be yeah i've got up till uh there's one coming 2023 and then one 2024 awesome congratulations thank you <laughs> yeah that's really fantastic uh, it's been very exciting you speak about kind of being super interested in mythology and stuff but another thing that really i feel like sets your book apart is you have this influence of like historical romans like invading these viking kind of nordic countries but you also use more of the viking nordic like influence of, of mythology and what made you really love like gravitate towards that in your your pantheon that more um, northern influence rather than the the sort of roman that most people i feel like in america at least are, are pretty big in the roman mythology what made you gravitate more towards the, the nordic influence i think first of all it's the aesthetic of it north north mythology with the, the mountains and the north and the the cold and the ships and the coast and that that whole thing that whole feel of it people wearing furs and running around with swords <laughs> So it, yeah. first of all, it was the aesthetic that drew me. I also live in an environment quite similar to that. Um, here, I live in Northern Ontario and it just, I just enjoyed it. And then it was also the, like I, like we spoke about at the beginning, the humanness of the gods, um, mm. their pettiness, their inter, the way they interact and the mortality of the gods was a mm. huge factor in how I ended up with a Norse leaning. Um, Cause I didn't start out intentionally having a Norse lean um but it just kind of developed uh, mm. over the course of the book yeah but i wanted gods that could be manipulated uh affected by uh emotions and uh grievances and things like that and who could actually die the norse gods are great I, yeah <laughs> uh, they're by far my favorite mythology of the of like the ancient ones that we know a lot about they're so so entertaining i was just uh, I do like this thing called Cryptic Cage Match where I write uh, stories about a creature every month. 
mm-hmm. and this month I was writing about Fenrir, so it's funny. Oh, nice. I've been very into the Norse mythology as well. Mm-hmm. Um, did you read Neil Gaiman's book at all? I did. I actually, I read it after I had drafted Hall of Smoke. Um, once I realized it had this Norse lean, I was like, I should probably do some reading. <laughs> so anyway, and I mean, Norse, Norse myth, no game is Norse mythology is pretty informal, but I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I thought so, it was really fun. It made the yeah. stories easy to read and relatable. Yeah, yeah, it was it was quite enjoyable. Well, when did you start writing this story? What sparked your interest? Or You've already talked about your interest in the Viking Nordic theme, but when did you start writing this? How long ago? Um, I started writing it in, I believe it was around May of 2018. It actually wasn't very long ago. I had been compiling little bits and pieces that became the story for a couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, around it was around May. So yeah, it was only three years ago. Okay, yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it wrote very quickly as a book. Um, it was the quickest draft I've ever done. It actually only took about six weeks to write. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just started developing, deepening and editing and... It sold. I got my agent the next year, and then it sold very rapidly. So, wow, awesome! awesome. I'm curious because uh, we've gotten a couple now from a couple interviews and talked to a few authors that we've set up interviews with through uh, TikTok. Mm-hmm. And you, you are being, you are one of those that I kind of reached out and thank you for responding. Oh, but, happy um, to. <laughs> how did you kind of come to that? unrelated to the book but come to that as like a promotional tool because i'm seeing it being used a lot more and there's some people that use it very well you being one of them and like mallory coon and i've seen some that kind of try to promote on it and just doesn't really work out um how did you come to like that sort of social media outlet as a way to sort of self-promote and get your book out there and come up with creative ways i i think a lot of it was due to debuting during the pandemic so I couldn't do much in person. So I was looking for every possible avenue I could find to get news about the book out and increase uh, visibility and, and also connect with readers, which has been so fun. Yeah. <laughs> so TikTok, it's at first when I got on there, it was, I could not handle how fast everything was. And the, it was a, quite a learning curve. Um, yeah, but now it's it's probably my favorite platform at the moment for of my social media platforms and i think it's a really great way to just very quickly let readers dip their toes in you know a little review or something like that like 10 seconds is it's just not very much time but um the visibility is huge and i think it's a very valuable asset for writers at the moment especially with the pandemic world it seems like a cool tool too to like i mean i've seen a few of your videos where you suggest other books that are kind of a similar nordic theme as yours and I've definitely put a few of those on my shelves and I'm excited to read them. And sort of that seems like a lot of the writer community on there is like sharing, here's my book, but also here's like a bunch of other stuff you should check out that I, I really liked and inspired my book. And I kind of enjoy that too. Yeah, I, I really enjoy also still being part of readership because like I write because I'm a reader and because I love to read and I read a lot and um, TikTok gives me the opportunity to still be involved in reading circles and to recommend the books I'm super excited about um, Mm -hmm. and still be involved and yeah, just connect on that level. Do you think if it were modern day that your gods would use TikTok? 
<laughs> not likely although i don't know if that's just me unable to transpose them into modern day or not <laughs> like there's kind of a wall there <laughs> yeah i mean loki would use tiktok oh yeah oh loki yeah would for sure loki would be all over tiktok <laughs> he'd be Cutting like that all kinds. oh yeah he'd be ticking all the talks for sure <laughs> oh yeah Speaking um, of your gods, though, I am curious. Um, if you were a character in your world, which do you think you would follow? It, I would. I mm, spoilers oh. is my answer. So there's a particular god who's introduced around the end of the book. Okay. Who I would. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, as you pointed <laughs> out earlier, Ing is kind of hard to get along with. I don't know if I would be up for that. Yeah. <laughs> so she's also a little harsh and not very kind. Mm -hmm. so there's someone coming in the end of the book that i will i will know that that is who you would follow yes i, th I think it'll be pretty i think it'll be pretty noticeable okay awesome. <laughs> i'll keep my eye out i'm i'm all about right. halfway all right you, you may have already seen glimpses of them then all right so, yeah. uh. <laughs> so what is the uh the next book temple of no god temple temple of no god right mm -hmm. yeah uh what's that book about what do we have in store for us so temple of no god picks up Hessa's story uh 10 years after the events of hall of smoke and the arpa empire at this point in time has started to crumble mm. um and there's a lot of lawlessness and everything going on so Hessa is and a elite group of her warriors are hired as mercenaries to basically protect and aid a man who would like to be emperor of the Arpa Empire. So we've got this journey south um, through this province called Navarium and the adventures along the way. Yeah, and uh, there's a great power hidden in the heart of the Arpa Empire that everybody is trying to get to. So there's a little bit of betrayal going on and all that good stuff. So is it historically, is it, it sounds like it's kind of influenced by like the Saxon incursion. A little bit. Yeah. Like when, when Hall of Smoke, the whole world originally developed, I was living in Northern Germany near the areas of like the Roman frontier and the barbarians and my husband's German and he loves that part of the history. So he would, he'd take me to Roman uh, festivals like Renaissance fairs, but they were Romans and barbarians um, and stuff like that, which is one of the, one of the influences that went into to the development of everything. So. Yeah, it definitely, awesome. definitely has that feel. <laughs> mm -hmm. When you were uh, world building, I'm always curious with kind of these epic fantasies of like creating your own original world with the influences of history, of course. But like I, I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons and I'm always kind of the dungeon <laughs> master. So I've done a lot of sort of like creating these places where people can play in. And I'm saddened as like a game master sometimes of the stuff I don't get to use. Does that ever happen to like authors who do this world building? Do you like make this huge world and have little facets, but your story just doesn't go there? Does that ever happen? Yeah, it's it's something that I try to avoid as much as I can now because of the pain of not being able to <laughs> include things. Mm -hmm. So what I do for my own books is I call it situational world building. Um, and it goes hand in hand with pantsing for the most mm -hmm. part. It's just creating lore and gods and creatures and settings as I go and as the story necessitates having something, mm -hmm. um, which keeps down that that backlog of world building that you're sad that you can't use. 
<laughs> because it can get pretty hard. And even that way, like there ended up being probably six or seven gods I ended up taking out of Hall of Smoke. They weren't huge, but they were referenced. Um, yeah, it's mm -hmm. it, it's hard to lose those things, but also you then know that you can potentially use that in another book. So, mm -hmm. you know, nothing's really a waste. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've always wondered if that was the same feeling from like the author side. It's good to know that they share in the pain of because I don't know how many times I've built like a whole storyline and somebody does a certain dice roll in Dungeons and Dragons and I'm like, well, I guess I'll just throw all those notes away. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that is devastating. <laughs> yeah. I've been that dice roll many times. You have. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think at this point. It's about time that we give the readers a little taste of Hall of Smoke. So I'm going to hop into a excerpt of that book here right now. Alrighty. The shrine in the meadow before me was little more than a weathered collection of beams and tiles and stark angles. Poppies were scattered around it, fluttering under the gathering skies, and wood was stacked beside the low stone altar. But there were no ashes in the offering bowl, no scuffs on the earthen floor, only a handful of dangling bones, gray feathers, and carved owls. I was the first to offend the goddess this season. I pulled warm air into my lungs and sagged against a nearby tree. Higher up the mountains, unyielding evergreens dominated. But here, the forest was more varied. I stood under fresh summer leaves and filtered sunlight, each lending me a sense of protection as I willed my legs to stop shaking and eyed the shrine of Ing, goddess of war, my goddess. The wind gusted, sending the poppies reeling and pushing me towards the waiting shrine. I forced myself to move, leaving the shelter of the trees and stepping out into the mountain meadow. The mountain top came into view on my left, bracketed by looming rain clouds while forested foothills, streams, and small lakes spread in every other direction. A town, a ring wall containing mossy thatched roofs and trails of smoke, lay down there. My family, my people, lay down there. And, if the goddess heard me, I would return to them by nightfall. I pried my eyes from home, stifled the fear in my chest, and focused on the shrine. Before I passed into shadow, I eased my worn legs into a kneel. Ing, Ing, I whispered the name of my goddess and pressed my palms into the earth. The beaded leather tying my braid fell beside them with a soft thump. The brave, the vengeful, the swift, and the watchful. I've come to pledge atonement. I, my confession stuck on my tongue. The breeze increased and the patter of my heart turned into a torrent. I cracked open my eyes and saw the poppies, blood red and black eyed, arching in the corner of my vision. Ing, please don't kill me, I whispered. I didn't know it was him. My lungs didn't seize. No beast leapt from the forest to justly devour me. The breeze merely departed and the trills of songbirds took its place. I crawled into the cool of the shrine and pulled my tinderbox from the pouch at my waist. I didn't stand again until I'd lit a fire in the offering bowl, and even then, I kept my head bowed. 
Back on my feet, I open the fine scars on the ends of my fingers and let droplets of blood fall one by one into the flames. The rain began as I stepped outside to finish my prayers. I suppose I deserve that. But I still gritted my teeth as I took up position, straight-backed, head bowed, palms open beside my hips and facing forward. My left hand, the one I had cut, stung fiercely. I deserve that, too. Inside the shrine, fire danced for the goddess, but I was forbidden from sheltering beneath its roof. So I stood under the open sky while the rain ran through my hair and soaked my tunic, darkening its pale green into a deeper, clinging shade. Ing, I began again. In your name, I sheltered a traveler in the hall. The rain continued, steady and mild. I brushed the back of a salty hand across my mouth and adjusted my stance, the memory of an unassuming smile on a bearded face playing through my mind. I didn't know he was an algate, goddess. I didn't realize he was the one until it was too late and then I was weak. I didn't heed the vision. Please hear me. Blood and rain ran down my splayed fingers, converging at the tips in a steady pink drip. Let me go. Let me find him. Something blasphemous and bitter recoiled inside me in resistance, but I kept speaking. I'll finish the task you gave me. The rain increased. I let my hands relax and stared at the fire. It burned brightly against the damp and gloom, but nothing unnatural happened. The high priestess had assured me that there would be a sign if the goddess accepted my pledge. I'd seen those signs before. One didn't grow up in the Hall of Smoke, the seat of Ing's priesthood without witnessing them. But nothing happened now. The fire didn't whisper. No owl called from the pines. The smoke didn't twist into a recognizable shape. I turned full circle, scanning the tree line. Poppies sagged under the rain, and thrumming on the roof of the shrine filled my ears. A minute passed, then ten, twenty. I wrapped my arms across my chest. I couldn't go down the mountain without a reply. I was in exile and not just for my home, my hearth, and my family. There was no salvation for a disgraced priestess of the goddess of war. No place in the high halls. If Ing did not speak, my soul would remain in the earth where my forsaken body would eventually fall, exiled and imprisoned until the unmaking of the world. That was an excerpt from Hall of Smoke by Hannah Long. So if you like what you heard here today and you want to know where you can find the book and where you can find Hannah, learn more about her and her work. Hannah, where would those places be? Uh, so I'm on all social media platforms, basically. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Hannah underscore M underscore Long. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook, all at a at um hm long books uh yeah and i have my website which is hmlongbooks.com we'll put all that down in the episode description as well Perfect. and when can people expect your uh sequel of the same world but also standalone book temple of no god <laughs> that's coming out january 18th 2022 all right awesome and and who's your publisher again titan books 
Titan books. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, Hannah's work is excellent. A lot of fun. Lots of Norse mythology and uh, Northern Germanic slash Norse history and all set in a fantasy world. So go check it out. Purchase the book and be ready for that next one right around the corner. Uh, congratulations to all your success, uh, Hannah. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. I really enjoyed this. So do we. Wonderful having you. All right, everybody. That's a podcast for the week. Thank you so much for tuning in to Sinister Soup for our featured author of the month, Hannah Long. Go purchase her book, Hall of Smoke. You can even get it on audiobook and be ready for Temple of No God right around the corner. As always, I have been Clay Vermullum. And I have been Travis Vermullum. And we are both still those people. Bye.